0: Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: here with you and it's time for another edition of the eddie Trump podcast coming to you every thursday via podcast one.com and itunes thank you so much for listening downloading streaming however you connect it is greatly appreciated it's great to be with you yet again to bring you another episode and another killer episode with some great guests as usual as we've been on this amazing roll. Thank you for spreading the word about the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you for supporting our great sponsors. Remember to go to podcast1.com, find all the great sponsors of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Because of them I can bring you this podcast each week with limited ads at no additional cost to you. It is a free podcast because of these sponsors. If you heard a sponsor that you want to try out or forgot a sponsor and want to see a list? You can access them by clicking on the Killer Deals button at podcastone.com and visiting the Eddie Trunk podcast page. We only approve sponsors who make sense for my audience, and each of my sponsors are listed there with the banners linked to the promotional deal and the promos listed by the brands. Everything you need easily accessible in one place. So thanks to our sponsors, and thanks to all of you for supporting them. In addition. The Eddie Trunk Podcast is a participant in the Amazon Associates Program. That's an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. So please do that. You can link to Amazon and please do it through PodcastOne.com and my page on Podcast One, the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hope you guys all had a great uh, week since I talked to you last. We have another great podcast coming up to kick things off. It's another double dip. Uh, to start things off, I'm going to be joined by Richie Sambora and Orianti. That's right, Bon Jovi guitarist Richie Sambora, who's been out of the band now for a few years. He is going to join me and his musical partner and, uh, and also his now- life partner so to speak his girlfriend uh an australian guitar player she is going to be with him as she has been pretty much by his side ever since they uh became an item both musically and romantically so it was great to catch up with richie always a huge fan of his work with bon jovi as well as his solo album stranger in this town and he's got a new record coming out which uh is sounds killer with Orianti. the rso uh Richie Sambora Oriente band and it's slamming stuff. I got to tell you the interview you're about to hear with Richie Sambora and Oriente, we did this, uh, just before the NAM show or during the NAM show in Anaheim about a month ago. And, uh, it was great having them both on. You'll hear they were you know, in great spirits. We had so much fun with them. I had so much fun with them on, on the radio show, my serious XM show that this originated on. And then when this interview was over, that you're about to hear what you're not, what you didn't hear is that Richie had me get into his car and blasted me tracks from the album he made with Orianti, And it was really, really good, really slamming high energy, sort of bluesy hard rock stuff. Um, Great vocals from Richie and Ori. So it was really, really great stuff. And I can't wait for this record to finally come out. So I had not heard the music at the time that I did this interview, but shortly after we left the studio or the room that I was using to do my remote from Anaheim around NAM. I got a chance to sit with Richie, and he just slammed this stuff for me in his car, and that was great to hear. Listen, uh, I know Bon Jovi's out there doing their thing. Phil X, a great guitar player, also a friend. Sambora, such a huge part of Bon Jovi. They both seem to be very happy. John is doing great work with his band these days, doing great business as well. And Richie really seems reinvi- reinvigorated and really excited to be out there doing something totally his own with Oriente, and uh, they played live. I saw them later than the night that we did this interview playing live at NAM as well. And he was great. The band was great. So I'm excited to see where this goes for Richie Sambora and Orianti. It was great to have them on the air. I'm very happy that I could finally bring you this interview. I was sitting on it for a little while. We've been so backed up with so many great interviews. I didn't want to wait any longer. So that comes up first. Then the second interview is with Mick Jones, a foreigner, a legend, a guy that absolutely should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mick Jones and Foreigner Announcing a 40th anniversary tour Of course Mick is the only Remaining original member of Foreigner And he only plays part time with the band And when I ask him about that In the interview that you'll hear second this week A very revealing answer Because a lot of people felt Mick Jones and Foreigner Have kind of laid the blueprint For this thing where artists are going to start Touring with no original members But when I ask Mick if that's where Foreigner is headed If and when he retires And Mick Jones is 72 Gives a very interesting answer, which you'll hear during that interview, which comes up second this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So first up, Richie Sambora and Orianti from Anaheim, California, and the Nam show. A lot of fun talking to both of them. Second is Mick Jones, a foreigner, an absolute legend, a writer of some of the greatest classic rock songs of all time. And that was done in the studio for my Sirius XM volume show. Again, don't miss it. Every day, Monday to Friday, live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume. It's Trunk Nation Music Talk and your calls, and the show repeats every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, you've got the extra show on Monday nights on Sirius XM from 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Channel 39. You've got my syndicated terrestrial show on about 35 cities across the country, and that is on various stations. Just check on my website for more information about that, and, of course, this podcast as well which is new every Thursday, podcast1.com and iTunes. Be sure to connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and eddytrunk.com is the official online home. A lot of appearances coming up, some really cool stuff coming up. You do not want to miss that. Uh, they, that includes M3. April 28th and 29th, Columbia, Maryland. May 7th, the ride for Ronnie in Sino, California. May 26th, that weekend, Rock, LaHoma. All of this stuff I'll be hosting. Tom Kiefer, the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa on June 2nd. July 21st, Loud in Lima, Lima, Ohio. September 16th, Shinedome or Shinedom 2017 or Shiredom 2017. That's in Irisburg, Vermont. October 27th, Rock and Skull Peak in Illinois. ParFest in November. Everything is on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Come on out and say hello if you're in those areas of the country. Appreciate you guys tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you connect to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. It is greatly appreciated, and we are going to take a a break here. We're going to come back. Again, first up, Sambora and Orianti. Second up, Mick Jones of Foreigner. Another action packed A-list episode guests on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is produced by Katie Irizarry. Thank you guys for uh, joining me this week stick around the interviews are right around the corner the Eddie Trunk podcast Hey, I've been telling you guys about Blue Apron. I got to tell you, I truly love this product. It's a game changer, especially if you've got a busy family, you've got kids, everybody's on the run. I know in my family, you know every, who's, who's eating dinner one night, who's not. My, my son's running to Kung Fu, my wife's running somebody somewhere. I'm not getting home till late that night. Blue Apron is great because they give you fresh ingredients, you pick what you want online. There's no commitment. The food is not cooked already, so you get it. It's all in a great refrigerator box. You put it in your fridge. You get the recipes. It's fresh. It's great. It tastes good. Healthy recipes. It's awesome. And then you just cook it up when you're ready. My kids love getting involved in it. All the food. You open the box when it comes to your door. Put it in your fridge. You get the recipe cards, you're good to go. It really is awesome. Fresh ingredients, incredible home cooking. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients and in building a community of home chefs. It really is a blast. And Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the U.S., and 99.5% of food desserts. All right. So it's awesome. I mean, it really is. You've got to try Blue Apron because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required. There's no guessing and it reduces food waste. Blue Apron is absolutely awesome. It's affordable. There is great variety. It's easy. It is guaranteed. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Eddie Trunk, E-D-D-I-E-T-R-U-N-K. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. I'm telling you guys, this is truly great stuff. Blueapron.com slash my name, Eddie Trunk, E-D-D-I-E-T-R-U-N-K. Blue Apron, it is a better way to cook.
0: So far in 2017, Forbes and Podcast One have already launched three highly acclaimed shows. The interview with Steve Bertoni features the business world's most interesting names, like Adam Carolla, Twitter founder Sean Rad, and Hollywood's own Jessica Alba. So I
1: spent a lot of my childhood in hospital and hospital beds.
0: Under 30 with Steve Goldblum talks to the movers and shakers, like Nation Builder CEO Jim Gilliam and NFL Big Game winner Martellus Bennett.
1: guys are afraid to be themselves because of their marketing deal. And
0: the list with Art of Charms' Jordan Harbinger. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut next up sports money with mike ozanian talking to team owners athletes and industry leaders about the enterprise and money behind supreme athletic competition forbes on podcast one not just entertaining informative subscribe now at itunes and don't forget to rate review and share this is the eddie trunk podcast
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and we now go to interview number one, of our doubleheader for this week and this is Richie Sambora of course the original guitar player from Bon Jovi co-writer of so many of those great Bon Jovi songs new band that he has with Oriente. both of them joined me in a conference room that I set up as a makeshift studio in Anaheim California about a mile away from the NAM show when that was happening about a month and a half ago this is a great interview it was a lot of fun hanging out with Richie like I said after unfortunately not before after we did this interview i got in richie's car and he played me some tracks from this new record that sound just killer but a lot of fun talking to sambora and we got that up for you right now mick jones coming up a little bit later on on this week's podcast but first richie sambora and Oriente. Orianti, good, good, good to see you. Good to see you. you. Good to see you. And uh, and Mr. Sambora, a uh, long time coming. Hello. I wanted to do this for a long time with you. Unfortunately, we don't have the time I want. I want to go through your whole career. You know what? We can take all the time you want. There's uh, no, no problem. No, my show's over in 40 minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh no, we couldn't get through it. It's problem. not up to me. They're going to cut it off. Well, yeah. Well, if I
2: wrote a book, it would be the ne- best time I never had. Do you have
1: a book in you? you want to write one? Uh,
2: I do, but I don't know what exactly it's going to entail, really. Have you started writing one? I have a little bit but i don't want it to be the cliche kind of thing like uh who you know banged who or you know what what went down as far as all that uh the rock and roll style it's just like a kid coming out of new jersey and look what happened because we're, we're sincere about it yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> that's, that's the thing you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's how that's really how it come out if you're sincere about being a songwriter and uh uh performer and an entertainer and going out and making people happy
1: mm-hmm. that's what it's all about really? well well before we talk about a, a little bit about uh the past with both of you guys let's let's talk about the here and now the present because you're performing together at nam right today yeah. is yeah, it today? 6
3: p.m tonight 6 p.m. we've been today. a band for
1: at least three hours <laughs> true uh, we actually
3: rehearsed
2: well, well, We're Trump, i'll tell you <laughs> Uh, we just got done last night really, really late. We actually just finished uh, our new album. Yeah,
3: we f- finished mixing.
1: RSO. RSO album. RSO.
2: I think, I think we're going to call it... Uh, you don't know who we are either. <laughs> 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 so anyway. Um, no, it's actually... Uh, did Bob Rock produce Bob it? Bob Rock. Oh. My yeah. Lord, man.
3: Yeah, he's, he he's is amazing. He better than...
2: Did you do you, it in Canada? No, we did it in our kitchen. That's the funny... Well,
3: it's... Yeah, we, we did some in Canada, but predominantly yes, most of the stuff was <laughs> at the kitchen table
2: we did, you know what we did some in uh capital studios yeah uh some in east, east west, west East west yeah but sunset the, sound the, too sunset yeah. sound. predominant part of this record was done in our kitchen and the interesting story about it is this um Roy and i first started to live together we just wake up in the morning or it happens to be band. a fantastic cook Oh. So, wake up in the morning, sit down. Everybody and- does need an Ori. Perfect <laughs> cook. <laughs> She's beautiful. She no, plays guitar. I mean, not- what do
1: you do? What's going on <laughs> you know, here, man? So,
2: we sit down and start playing guitar in the morning and stuff like that. And the kitchen table became like a staple for, you know. And I happen to have a pretty big kitchen. It's kind of cool. but.
1: And then, or it would bring a garage. Yeah, I don't down. expect. I wouldn't think the Richie Sambora would have like a little galley kitchen. And no, like you can little, actually
3: walk a land yeah, into the oven. Yeah, I'm sure know. it's bigger than my house. <laughs> That's how big the oven is. <laughs> so it,
2: it, it kind of started there, and then we would put down the demos, and uh, we wrote like seventy songs we had a very yeah. prolific two year period.
1: Well, let me ask you this before we get to that because obviously you are a, a musical uh, grouping, but you are also a couple obviously. Yeah. So which what came first? Because did you guys decide to start working together musically first or did you meet and have a relationship and then say, "Hey, you know, we're both guitar players, we're both musicians, let's make music together." What 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 was the seed? What started first? I
3: don't know it just happened. <laughs>
1: what that? I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, no, I was I
2: was actually in Hawaii uh, uh, on a, a vacation. I, I you know my daughter. I bring my daughter basically to Hawaii every year. Yeah. Possibly since she's like two years old. And um, Alice Cooper ha- happened to be in Hawaii at that time. And found out I was on the island, and he said, you know, they do this annual charity show. Him and she yeah,
3: play every year. It's like this big charity. Yeah. Every yeah.
2: year they play all the time, right? Huh? And uh, he says, "Would you want to come down and play?" Now me at the time, I'm single, right? I got my daughter, two of her girlfriends, Mm -hmm. and Monica,
3: yeah, who's my nanny,
2: right? So uh, it's it's estrogen party. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, you know, it. when the kids, are, when the kids <laughs> are
2: teens, they don't want nothing to do with their dad. So I'm sitting there like my this. My daughter morning.
1: just turned 13. Trust me. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Know. Oh, forget about it, you man. You know, you Thirds know. You it. right. I'm sitting there like this
2: twiddling my thumbs, you know. When Alice called. Well, they're said, looking at a screen.
1: What, you, a phone on an a,
2: iPod. Right. No. You want to play? You want to come down and play the know. show? I, I hadn't seen Alice in a while. And Sammy's doing it.
3: Steven Tyler, Steven McDonald. Tyler yeah, Michael people.
2: McDonald, mm-hmm. I mean...
1: Is this the whole Chef Gordon deal? Is that
3: yeah. what
2: this was? Yeah, it's yeah the whole just, Shep deal. And right.
3: we do it every year, and it was so much fun. And, and she's done it every year. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I hadn't seen Alice for uh, maybe two years or something like that, right? And you know, I i wrote some hits with him, and I produced some stuff for him. So we were catching up, yeah. and I'm looking at the stage. You guys were rehearsing. I was like, who's that?
3: Who's that strange Australian over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
2: Oriente. You know, she's been playing with me for a couple of years now, and... Uh, uh, She's played with Michael Jackson. I go,
3: oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Anyway, know I'm going, yeah, that's that's looking good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I got to go do my deal, <laughs> right? No, it's true. It's true. I love <laughs> how honesty is. I I try try. Just like, yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: so I wouldn't, right?
2: Right. Yeah. So we get on stage, and uh, the um, chemistry was just insane. Yeah, it was straight off the bat, musically. The bat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just. just I, You know, you feel things
1: the same way. Now, wait, wait, wait. That don't 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 happen often. You you obviously knew who he was. Did you know he was there? No,
3: because it's funny. You showed up last minute because we were rehearsing, you know, for everybody else, and then Shep's like, uh, Richie's on yeah, the island yeah, I, I, You know uh, Guys can you learn You know A couple of his songs And we're gonna just jam out And so Literally just learnt them You walked in And then we just Ran them with you And uh, yeah it What just did you play back. What was
1: the first song you played What was the Gosh. musical collaboration um,
3: You know what I think it was Lean On Me I think it was the first song We yes. actually started doing yeah. it, If I can remember Then we went to Foxy Lady And then we played A bunch of other songs Schools Out together and Oh
2: yeah well, of, With the Schools Out with Alice And then yeah, you know was the, with Steven,
3: Dream On with Steve. Dream On Walk Sammy way.
2: came out with the- Rock candy.
3: Yeah, that was so cool. So much fun. Uh,
2: And
1: Sammy's still, I mean, Sammy's a good friend. Sammy is. just turned 69 wow. and he still belts out rock candy like he did on the oh, record yeah. it's you know freakish what? you know what freakish is that a nice guy or what the best he's the best so, your... and he's so generous he, he let yeah. me fly in his plane with them i mean he's just he's amazing yeah, he's man like, come yeah. over stay at the house in yeah. cabo yeah, 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 this, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Thing. he found you know out what? i was going from jersey to boston he goes oh get me a teeter get on my plane i was like oh, what really i mean amazing amazing guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing guy awesome. and, yeah. beautiful and he does that big party in cabo for his birthday and i told him because next year is his 70th or this year will be his 70th birthday man. And i said you're going to need to put a stadium up with all the people that are going to come and yeah, party absolutely. at that so uh, and the cat is just he looks the same i know <laughs> yeah. it's crazy i know it's he unbelievable same, it's great, god energy, bless him yeah. it's amazing and so you guys hit it off musically then <laughs> uh, hey here's my number hey, you know is that yeah that's kind of how it happened yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah and then what happened
2: was is i was going to go to Australia and do the download? What is, what's it?
0: Yeah,
1: what's well, it? I
3: got back to LA, then Richie texted me and he's like, come over and let's hang and jam and hang out. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I had all these and... festival
2: books in Australia, right, that I was going to play. And um, so, then my rhythm guitar player, David Ryan Harris, great rhythm guitar player and great guitar player, great singer all the way around, right? His mother fell ill and he had to go be by her side because she was like deathly ill, And so I said, well, I'm going to go play. I'll just do it by myself. And then I went, hey, wait a minute. I got Ori's number. Let's see if she wants to do it. Yeah. And I, I didn't happen- know if she was still working with Alice yeah. or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: You well, I saying? happened to have a couple of weeks off, actually, from Alice, which was great. And then uh, so I was able to do yeah. it. And then I've done my happen. show's book, So it was like a free sort of you know month, actually. And so I was like, absolutely. Let's go out there and, and play. That's and right. So out. I call Ori so, up.
2: And yeah. I go, so I call O up. And I go, Hey, listen! I got these gigs. My guy fell out. You feel like playing? She goes like, punk. <laughs> yeah, yes." Does that mean yeah. yes? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can say that on this. Oh, I can. that. Yeah, she, she said, said, "Fuck yeah." yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know,
2: and I was like, "Fantastic!" And then, uh, and
1: and let me ask you this before took off be, before we go to a break. Um, uh, musically, guitar playing wise, I mean, you guys both have your own styles. You're both yeah. accomplished players. Uh, uh, th- how did it mesh? Musically, when you guys started, I mean, on the record as well that you have coming out, how do you yeah. divvy up the guitar work? Because did did you say, okay, this fits? Is there a lot of trading off? Is there a lot yeah. of d- taking different solos? How everything. did you how you do all that? There's everything. There, yeah. there
3: really is. I mean, it's kind of like how we sort of you know we just felt it out. Want to play
1: something? I'll... We I, got a
3: song we could play. I, I you know, what?
1: I, I'm at a re- I have a little remote studio. I don't have any real studio. Otherwise, I couldn't. Uh, I, you know what? I would love to. Guess though. what?
2: We
4: will.
1: Let's do it. Let's do. When's the record gonna come out?
2: Um, Pretty soon. Uh, you know what? Who knows what's happening in this music well, business? You know, too, right? it's like Richie. you, it's do, so you go, uh
1: You go. It's gonna come out on YouTube tomorrow. <laughs> got... so it's gonna it, happen for sure because we're gonna play tonight. <laughs> oh, they're... you're well, gonna play, play the whole play... record. We're uh, playing no, two no, new songs tonight. Two... Right. I'll play a couple things. Before we leave, yeah, but because it's crazy now, and that's that opens up a whole other can of worms about records and how people deliver them and how, how people buy them. I mean, I don't, it's the wild west out there. I don't even know anymore. It's Me like neither. some people keep everything so suppressed, and some people start putting out songs months ahead of time, one a month. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Richie, your old band Bon Jovi. I mean. Uh, I just did something with John for this record in New York, and there was like, you know, the record wasn't out for a month, but they did a show where they played every song from it live. I said to John, I go, you just basically put their whole record out with everybody with their phones. (laughs) Same thing he said. He goes, I don't know anymore. Who knows? Who knows what's roll out?
2: You know what? I think it depends on how you're going to, like, roll it out, right? So Ori and I have so much material and so many songs. We've covered so many genres on this record, but the thing that happened is that we owned them. We kind of did it ass backwards. It was a really interesting way to go about it because we went on a road first, and we got next to each other and
1: but you built a, a chemistry, yeah, that got way. our yeah. style yeah.
2: and all that stuff and then but really, the great thing about the record is is that our vocal blend. Uh, and, Finding uh, you that know, sound. You besides know. being the shredders, and everybody's going to know that that's going to happen.
1: But you got to some vocal. shredding in there. Of course, yeah, there's, yeah. But there's a but lot, there's, you know, there's, but there's, there's also. A
3: lot of- it's about the songs. Yeah. You're kind of doing what's best for the song. Yeah, yeah. And I think you don't people are going to be just, very
1: happy. Be so and happy. direction wise, musically, because Ori, I know some of your stuff. Richie, outside of Bon Jovi, I mean, I love Stranger in this town. I that's mean, a, you know, that's
3: oh my, my favorite God, song. God,
1: that album's awesome. unbelievable. I was at the I was at the release party for that at Tavern on the Green. Right I, on, a, on, I got a whole story about that for you one day, but I'm I could sure. tell you stories forever. Oh, I'm you sure. right as over. you could tell me. Um, but uh, but As you could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say at that time that you put out that record, it was an interesting time for Bon Jovi because the band was very much in flux you know nobody knew what was happening of course he did come back together keep the faith was a great I love keep the faith but at that point Bob Brock no there you
2: go guess who's back there you go
1: there you go my brother there you go we only
2: sold about 65 million records it's together crazy. and then how many we sold apart from each other when you think about Bob
1: black album talker come on man oh, I and know. he's
3: such a good guy too yeah, yeah. you know he's like he's really great it's to work family, with. oh I so. did
1: an interview with Bob about a year and a half ago two years ago I had a a podcast and I did it with him and, and we talked for about an hour and a half about his whole career oh yeah and Can um, you imagine and and I'll tell you you know what's crazy about it I've had you know some of the biggest names in music on radio show podcast or whatever and, and with a podcast you can actually see the stats you can see exactly how many people downloaded and listened to it right mm-hmm. bob rock is among my top two or three most downloaded listened to podcasts because people just love the stories they yeah. want to hear all the stories about oh we got to call him and tell him it's, yeah he'll be yeah. so happy yeah i'm sure yeah, we will. Yeah, no, yeah, he'll absolutely. be
2: so happy you know i mean literally he just left my house this morning at five. Oh, five he was here morning. in
1: in LA. Yeah, no, we were oh. finishing up our stuff.
3: He's been living with us. <laughs> yes, he's oh, been living in our house. And oh stuff.
1: man. Well, what I said about the record is what we should do is I I'm I'm based in New York, New Jersey, but uh, when you're ready, whether it's there or mm-hmm. here, let's yeah. let's do a whole show about it. Let's take the whole show that'd and we'll play amazing. songs hey, from it. We'll you. talk I about it. We'll take that. calls about it. We'll do a whole thing. Hey, that'd be You know, my awesome.
2: connection with Sirius is pretty deep.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back. Richie Sambora is here. Orianti is here as well. we got about half an hour left to go before we have to wrap up. I want to talk more about this record coming up. I want to talk more about their individual careers as well. And we'll include some of your conversation as well. So hang out. More right after this break. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, you guys don't need me to tell you there's a lot of change and uncertainty in the country right now. When it comes to your retirement portfolio and life savings, you don't want it all sitting in the stock market. You want to diversify it. So look into richuncles.com. Rich Uncles is a REIT, or real estate investment trust. They own commercial property, collect rent from the best credit-worthy tenants, and then they pay you a monthly cash dividend. Currently a 7% annualized dividend. Rich Uncles is ideal for IRAs and a great way to diversify your investment portfolio to add steady income. RichUncles.com was recently featured in the Wall Street Journal. You can see that article and all the information you need to make an informed decision at RichUncles.com. Like any investment, it has risks and it isn't guaranteed. Rich Uncles REIT, a Reg A Tier 2 offering. Go to RichUncles.com. That's RichUncles.com or call 855-RICH-UNCLES and let Rich Uncles know you heard about them on the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
0: Rich Uncles Reed is seeking indications of interest concerning its Reg A Tier 2 securities offering. Any indication of interest involves no obligation or commitment of any kind. No money or other consideration is being solicited and if sent in response will not be accepted. No sales will be made or commitments to purchase accepted until the offering statement is qualified. This media outlet is being paid under $2,000 by Rich Uncles for this single message. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: <laughs> RSO is the name of the band, and the album coming out maybe in an hour, maybe in a month, maybe in a are you, are you, you Never know. know. You we're going to surprise um, you all. No,
2: it's good, man. We're yeah, <laughs> very, very happy. I can't wait very to happy. hear I it. I think that people are going to be really excited, and we're going to go out and give people a great show. And uh, yeah. you know,
1: so that's so the idea is to get out on the road a little bit too. You got a lot of touring. You're going to line up and, yeah. Yeah, and play absolutely. some. Now, 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 Richie, you're used to having you know playing Enormo domes around the globe with Bon Jovi. So you as well with the different stuff you've done, Orianti But for you, I mean, I imagine the cool thing about this too, you're going to scale it back a little bit. I imagine you're going to be doing theaters and it's places. Both. Like you know that. what have done? Or are you going to th- want to go out and open for somebody? No, you know, what? An and
2: we've done that too. What we've yeah. done over the past two years is, like I said, it's kind of been a little bit ass backwards because we went out and just went out and played first, no product. And we got on all these festivals all yeah. over the world. And as it worked up. Like Summer right, Sonic
3: and all of those big festivals. You know, festivals, as it worked
2: up, great. we became second on the bill. Yeah. You know? So it it got to that place that it was like, you know, people were like gravitating towards us. And we didn't even have the new songs out yet. Mm. You know? So basically, we were playing music from Ori's career. My career, my covers. solo career, a couple yeah. of, you know, Bon Jovi songs, obviously, that I've written that I was completely fond of because of probably my ideas or something mm-hmm. like that. And then, um, you know, a lot of great covers, blues covers, things like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Ori, for you, as a for, for this, this situation as a guitar player... Uh, most of the stuff you've done in your career has just been you as as the the main guitar player in the yeah. band, right? Yeah. So now you're you're working with Richie and you guys are trading off. For you, is it, is it kind of a cool exploration to kind of see where he's going to go and how you guys absolutely. are going to play off of each other? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Because it's a lot of fun. You know, when we get out there and we just start jamming and you know working off one another, just got like a back and forth of the thing, having a conversation. It's like. It's freaking great. It's you know, a musical cause I love. Yeah. I grew up listening to the blues records, and it was all about jamming, like from Albert King to Stevie Ray, you know, to that sort of thing. And and uh, I just love it. You know, we and we do go off on town just to sort of playing like voodoo child, whatever it is. We kind of just go out there and take people on a journey. We'll play you know, for twelve just, minutes.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the thing Check is, is that you know, when we first went out there, it seemed like um, the whole improvisation. A thing like Jimi Hendrix is why I got into playing lead guitar. Yeah, same. why I Absolutely. wanted to play guitar. It's a freedom in it, was, you know. You know- the guys in, that we grew up with listening to, all our heroes, that were playing so emotionally.
1: Well, you know, Don Airy, for, who plays in Deep Purple now, was here yesterday, and we were talking about that. He's been in Deep Purple, replaced John Lord for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, he said, I said, when you got the gig, I said, did, you, did John Lord, because John Lord was still alive at the time he got the gig. Yeah. I said, did, you, did John give you some tips? Because John was just retiring at that yeah. time. He said, yeah, he did. He goes, but Deep Purple's whole career is so much about when you get on stage live Go in different directions and exploration and improv. improv- he goes. They wanted to encourage that, so there's yeah. only so much John could tell me because he goes. He and Pace on the drums might be doing something crazy. And all of a sudden, you're gonna have to. <laughs> you come gotta and, go with them. You gotta yeah. fly. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be yeah. flexible.
2: Yeah. You know what? That's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that uh, the great thing about when people come to see us play is that first of all, they're gonna definitely see all that improv, but they're gonna see they're gonna get great songs, right? They're going to get what they want. But we're going to take them in a little bit of a different direction. And it's been, you know, been really going great. So and then I think when people hear the new record, I think they're going to be uh, very happy.
1: with. Or, you know, for for you, there's a I I meant to ask you this because for a long time, because obviously there is people, the the people you were on every single TV screen for like a month for tragic reasons. But the clip for whatever reason and I don't know if you know the, the why this happened but what? the clip when Michael Jackson passed away that mm-hmm. must have been serviced and cleared to every news outlet in the world yeah. was him from the film walking over to you yeah. as you know and the two of you guys kind of vibing off each other so at the the most tragic news in across the globe it's not something you wished for, no. but it. it no, definitely it, no yeah. but it prominently featured you, and and because for what do you know why that one clip was used everywhere like it was?
3: <laughs> I have no idea, and honestly, like I, it was such a crazy time uh, when that happened. Working with Michael, and because I was making my record with uh, you know uh, Interscope, and I didn't tell them I got a call to come in because Mark would watch my YouTube videos. And and you look you're what we're looking for. Come in, learn, beat it. Do Diana want to be starting something next morning? Go in, play for him. Hide us all, and we just started rehearsing. So I didn't tell anybody because I couldn't because we signed these like you know forms. And um and it was just four months of craziness. And then so when he passed, it was such a shock. And then that then that clip. Started running, and I couldn't turn on the TV without it being on. It, you know, and it was oh, just, it was on a loop, yeah, on every was, channel, and it was, it was just that weird, isolated like, clip. To, it was very odd to see. It's almost that, like the Trump
2: inauguration.
3: It was like so it was probably
2: bigger news. It's
3: just bad, but yeah, it was. It was. It was just yeah. Wrong. <laughs> it was. It definitely was uh, kind of a strange moment in my life, and and uh, you know, then going out and then putting out my album and that happening and not having a moment to just for it to sink in, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a crazy time, but. Honestly, I feel very blessed. I got to spend time with with him for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm, did you get good. to spend a lot of time with him? Did you get yeah. to work directly with him a lot, yeah, or was absolutely. it one of those things where there was a musical director and they gave you, or was he very hands on? in the he things was, was hands on with for? everybody. He yeah, was. Yeah,
3: absolutely. With the dancers, he would spend time with me. My sound, how he wanted it, how he wanted me to walk over to him and and be very mobile, like so playing the beat. at so I couldn't even look at my guitar. You know, I had to follow him because he's like running across the stage. And he's like, run over here, run over here. I'm like, like in heels. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, that was interesting. But the whole thing was such a, a show. You know, it made me a better, you know, show uh, show person. So yeah, I guess he, he really brought out the best in, in everybody. And, and yeah, that was a great thing about working it with him. Such yeah. an
2: insane show. T- really talented. I saw him. Incredible. in Japan for the first time hmm. going back many years now yeah and uh he just blew me away he was
1: uh by all accounts I've talked to a number of people too he actually was a big rock fan um as well I, I forget who I was talking to recently they were telling me that he would contact him and and, and talk about I think he was very much into the production of rock shows you know mm. the big rock show whatever it may have been the big stadium yeah, rock. Sure he did, he ever come, did he ever come or connect with Bon Jovi shows back in the day uh or?
2: yeah you know what uh, it was the uh, the day before we were playing uh, two nights in the Tokyo Dome, and he played the night before. So Frank DeLeo uh, at that point was uh, managing me too, yeah. uh, who was Michael's manager at the time. Uh-huh. And so you know we get invited to the show, and I go see the show, and I was like, eh, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> to be able to dance like that and sing like that and command all those people, and then turn on eighty thousand people in front of you, yeah." I was very moved by his performance, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then I got back to the hotel. We were staying at the same hotel. So Frank said, "Come on up and sit down and talk to Michael." We uh, oh, so you met with him? Yeah, yeah. We actually. So I asked him if he wanted to come out and, you know, jam with us at the uh, Tokyo Dome the next night, the same place that I just saw him at, because we were doing two nights the next night. And uh, that's not his thing, you know. He needs it all. Uh, Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's he's a perfectionist for sure. We rehearsed like. That's not it's my not
2: thing. Sweet. I just don't do that. <laughs> Thank you. I said, I'm like, you know, up the Jersey. I said, Michael, yeah. come out, have a slice of pizza and a beer. <laughs> he, no, we'll no, 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 no. You learn anything right. you want to learn. No, no, but it was true. And yeah. he was very, very sweet. <laughs> oh, and he he's said, very sweet. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, sweet. that evening, he said, you know, I'll think about it. Yeah. Right? And um, the next day, I get a call. I said, I can't do
3: that, you know. But yeah. he was
2: very, very sweet about it. Yeah. But, I mean, as a, a performer and a showman, my lord I mean Prince was like that too you know his
3: dance I mean his dance I mean, was a lot so of precise and dance, and he I, the first I, song we know, played was I Billy Jean I like to dance a little
1: bit you know but Yeah. the first, first song, song you played with Michael Jackson was, was Billy
3: Jean. Jean so you know Jonathan Moffat goes into that beat which is like perfect right so he's you know going away and then Moffat, I'm Moffat and going, then going, baby. Michael comes over to me and he just starts dancing in front of me I'm going like, is this reality like you you know it's weird yeah, it's like that must have I'm like okay this is just a normal day for me you know not. So that was crazy. But yeah, he, he was wonderful to work with. I mean, seriously, like it would have been an incredible show. And he was right. really I mean, funny, too. That, you know, a you lot of people don't that know that he was movie, actually – Movie, you go, yeah. it was ah, really funny, he was too. was
2: shape, it looked like to me. I mean, I really yeah. thought that, he, that was going to be all right. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot
3: of funny moments. Like he would get stuck in different things, like especially this huge triantula that came out at the beginning of Thriller, and it was controlled by him. So he was in the triantula, covered in Sarossi crystals. It was very extravagant. So this thing comes out, and he couldn't get out. So the intro oh, spinal to... Spinal tap. So is complete spinal tap. So this, the intro to the Always thriller... Always happens. Intro to the thriller goes on for like three minutes and he's not coming out and everyone's going... We maybe just wants to make it longer, and he's like, "Hi guys, I'm kind of stuck in here. Like, can someone help me?"
1: <laughs> like like stuck She's in like, the pause. Kind of in... That was really funny. I
3: couldn't stop that I was like, "Okay, <laughs>
1: coming around." Richie Sambora and Orienti are here. Uh, the band, an album coming, is called RSO. If you happen to be in Southern California, I you know people listening all over America and Canada. But if you're in Southern California uh, at the Nam Show, I, I, are you playing inside or is it out? I mean, uh,
3: it's a main stage. I don't know where that. So you like have to okay, be then? able. Well,
1: so it's actually not open to the public, so I shouldn't okay. tell people to come because to get into Nam, you We've, have to have a badge. Yeah, so. got, you've got a badge. But there will be plenty of shows coming. Uh, it sounds we like we don't need <laughs> no stinking badges. Just come in. Storm, yeah, storm
3: the <laughs> just gates. Come in. It's Richie and Ori. Storm Drive the gates. Drive through the cones. Exactly. If you love us, storm the cones, <laughs> just go
1: through. So, listen, before we run out of time and wrap up, I gotta ask uh, you, Richie, the obvious question. Um, you know everybody would love to know and see and think and see. Is there any scenario in you that would ever like to go back to Bon Jovi World? I never know. You seem really happy with what you're doing right now. Uh, But you know, I I talked to you a few years ago at the Golden Gods here in L.A. when Mm -hmm. I was hosting it, right? right? I talked to you briefly, and it was just at the time. And I asked you a question. You said something really interesting to me. You said, you know what? I just... The big machine of that right now is just not where my head is at. Yeah. You know, I want to kind of do my thing. I want to kind of do, and which is clearly what you're doing right now.
2: So, so, so. You know, it's a new beginning. You yeah. know, it's like a new beginning. I mean, think about it. All right. Now you're in this band for 31 years. Okay. Now the extensive touring schedule and everything that Bon Jovi really, really had. I mean, uh, every tour, uh, from slip around was 16 and a half months at least. The last tour I did with the band was 52 countries, 18 and a half months.
1: A couple of them almost broke you. I mean, it's well, not you personally, but the band. I mean, it well, almost you know, drove it apart. when you come bar. home, you know, guess what?
2: People have died. They've gotten divorced. They've moved away from you. Life changes yeah, yeah. when you come back. And, you know, hey, I got a daughter that I love severely, you know, and she loves me. And you know what? At that point in time, it just, they, the guys wanted to continue to like to whatever they were doing. And I was like, hey. I got to, like, do some family stuff and do some stuff. So, you know, there was just other things that were happening. And actually, I think that the band uh, needed a break to come up with a whole new thing because it was a kind of a run-on sentence for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? And then between that, obviously, I was doing my myself. So- I mean, beto- besides writing the songs for Bon Jovi, producing, co-producing the records, doing all that stuff, um, and being there all the time, I didn't really have another life. And then when I wasn't doing that, I would go home and write solo records and go out and do that. So it was like I just needed to just go... At thirty-one years is a pretty good time.
1: No, and listen, it's an amazing uh, w- what you did, and and as as a fan of the band since uh, again being a Jersey guy, I literally had the APP record, you know, with Runaway. You weren't even on that song, I know, but you know, from day one, I remember right. the shoots at the boardwalk at Seaside on seventy-eight hundred. I was at the Reli- the Roseland for the boardwalk thing for the New Jersey release. I was lived all that stuff as a fan. And working, even working in the business back then as well. So listen, if if it is done for you, I mean, what an incredible, insane legacy of the songs you wrote and what you did. But at the same token, it's got to feel, with all respect to to Phil X, who's there now, who I know and is 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 doing a fine job. It's got to feel a little bit weird. It does for me as a fan. I interviewed John for this record, and and you could tell it's it, it's the first record without you. You know, it's the no, first. No, no, it's the second. Well, but, uh, kind of first real new top to bottom record though. But, so, I mean, did, how did it feel for you? I mean, is it, you comfortable uh, you comfortable know with what? it? Is it are you disconnected it's, from it's it? I
2: am completely comfortable with it. You yeah. know what? It's been like uh, over 3 years. I mean, Ori and I have been together for 3 years now. So, you know, and then there's a probably a 6 month period of time before I even met her that uh, you know, it's uh it, there's a fair amount of distance there, you know, right now and that doesn't it's not Feeling weird at all, actually.
1: But it's not out of the realm of possibility that somewhere, sometime down the line, that the possibility you know, of Richie uh, jumping up, even uh, for it's, you know, even it's like something... you wanted Michael Jackson to jump up with you, that exactly. hey, you're into Tokyo Dome. No, 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 you know, I'm going to jump up and do. I'll be never there for say you. Never and sing for old times' sake. Yeah, never say never <laughs> in the words of Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't
2: say never, but you know what? It's also up. To the guys and see how they feel yeah right you know what i mean right, it's it's, it's really kind of that thing and uh you know i'm sure that some philanthropic event or something might right. uh bring us together at one point or whatever i don't know um right now uh no i'm not interested i'm oh and i are we're having such a good time
1: we're having such a blast you look like you're having a miserable time from the minute you walked in like that. <laughs> i know it's horrible isn't it Seriously, man, I'm glad. It's great to see I you like... both smiling and having no, so man. much We've fun. We've been having a lot of fun making music we do is... together, doing all this great stuff. And I can't wait to hear the record. You know, they give me the sign. I got to wrap up in a second, but I, <laughs> I can't wait to hear the record. And I wish you all the luck with it. I and when you're ready so to put it out, however you decide to put it out, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do, let's do a whole thing. That would be Please. amazing. Let's do Thank thing. you. Coming you know in? what? I, I would have played it right. I would have gave you a song right
3: no, now. Yeah, I don't we got, we got a way to play it for you. We'll play it for you off the
1: air. Well, that was a lot of fun. And I appreciate the time, Richie Sambora, coming over to my broadcast position and sitting with me and being so much fun and so honest and so open and great to meet and have on Orianti as well. Like I said, I heard songs from the record after we did that interview, and uh, they played them for me in their car. And then later that night, I did go to see him play live at Nam, and they were just killer. I'm really excited about getting this record and what these guys are doing. Very much looking forward to its official release date. All right, stand by up next as we have another double dip for you, another interview with a giant in the world of music producer, songwriter, architect of some of the greatest rock songs ever made with Foreigner, the band's founding member, Mick Jones. That's up next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
0: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: Okay, so if you guys do a fair amount of travel, the last thing you want to worry about is your safety. I mean, you could go to an area with has the Zika virus, you could be doing adventure travel, going to a dangerous location. There's a lot of variables when you travel, right? Well, did you know that basic safety nets like your platinum credit card or travel insurance, they typically don't cover you in any of those situations, MedJet offers the world's most comprehensive memberships available for your health, your safety, and your security when you travel. And what's better than having that? Last thing you need to worry about is those things when you're ready to have some fun and have some time of your own and some vacation time. You see, a MedJet Assist membership picks up where basic safety nets drop off, helping you avoid costly fees, which can be up to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and frustrating fine print restrictions on your medical care or crisis response. MedJet will protect you 150 miles or more from your home, including domestic or international travel. And a MedJet Horizon membership also includes travel Travel security and crisis response services for things like political threats, disappearance, hijacking, wrongful detention, personal security detail, and more. The safer you feel, the more you can focus on the moment, especially when you travel. Medjet assist and powers members to feel safer and more prepared for travel's many possibilities. Pack peace of mind on your next trip right now. Medjet is offering our listeners of the Eddie Trunk podcast a special deal. You receive up to $50 off an annual membership when you go to medjet.com slash impact and enter the code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. Annual memberships start at $270 and you can save up to 50 bucks on that. That's medjet, M-E-D-J-E-T dot com forward slash impact, I-M-P-A-C-T and enter the code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. That's right, promo code TRUNK.
0: Hey guys, David Smalley here, reminding you to check out Dogma Debate on the Podcast One app, iTunes, and basically everywhere else you could possibly hear a podcast. Dogma Debate is basically a way for you to peek in on conversations you've always wondered about. Say a hardcore anti-gay preacher meets an atheist who knows the Bible like the back of his hand, or a far-left social justice warrior meets a different kind of liberal who doesn't want to join in on the riots. On Dogma Debate, I talk to people who completely disagree with me, and I let them tell me why they think I'm wrong, why I should be on their team, and why they take such an extreme stance. And sometimes, you'll just hear me hanging out with like-minded people and laughing during segments like Republicans Say the Darndest Things or Fact Check Yo Mama. It all happens on Dogma Debate, right here on Podcast One. The Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: Joining me now for interview number two on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast is Mick Jones from Foreigner. Let's get right to it. Good to see you, Mick. Yeah, likewise, man. How's Good things? All right?
4: Things are superb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just talked about that off the air. Mick, just give you just give that as a blanket answer.
4: Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to hear about the crap, you know, really. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, and it's a difficult question, you know.
1: Oh, I'm fine, you know. <laughs> but how are you really? just
4: came out of the divorce court or something, you know.
1: <laughs> 40 years, man. Congratulations. 40
4: years. Yeah, indeed. I, I noticed there's a few other bands uh, uh, that are celebrating, too. I think U2 is uh, 40 years. Tom Petty.
1: Is U2 40 years already? <laughs> I think it is. Oh, my gosh. I know Tom Petty announced a 40-year tour. Yeah. It seems like these days everybody's announcing some sort of uh, anniversary, whether it's yeah. of a certain record or the yeah. length of the band or whatever the case may be, because I think it just comes with with time and everybody yeah. loves looking back. And it's yeah. great to kind of mark those uh, those sort yeah. of anniversaries. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Did you guys ever do in Foreigner the whole sort of playing a, a full album Bit like a lot of bands do when certain records hit anniversaries. We did um,
4: uh, fairly recently, about a year ago, uh, which was actually released. It was um, an, al- an album with it was a redo of four, the four album. Oh, okay. And um, so there were about six tracks from from four on there, and uh, it sounded great. I have to say.
1: <laughs> well, for an album like four, is an album that I would imagine you would on a regular show probably play about half the record anyway right yeah so the yeah. the real excitement there for you as a player would probably be digging into the stuff yeah the other five tracks you don't play every show right yeah yeah it was so so what what was that like for you i mean what were the ones you, you know, that you really kind of dug into from that
4: well um apart from you know jukebox hero uh, something urgent. like luann or something did you play No, we that? didn't we didn't actually do luann what did we do woman in black oh nice uh what else um, uh,
1: so you didn't do it top to bottom no, no you just spotlighted no. songs yeah. from it
4: we we might complete it at one point
1: that would but, be cool yeah. yeah 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 forty years for foreigner um do you ever think it would have lasted that long when you first put this thing together <laughs> I mean I mean that's that's, that's a, like superb
4: <laughs> 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 um, I had no clue you know I mean at the beginning. There were, you know, the rumor going around was that this band was born in the boardroom of Atlantic Records, but uh, uh, it it wasn't. And it was, uh, we were starting with very humble aspirations, you know, we didn't, how could we know that it was going to do what it did? I mean, there were only a handful of bands or artists at that point that had exceeded a million sales. And we came out and the first album did four million, you know, (laughs) Nobody, Imagine that today. Nobody, <laughs> with the exception of Iron Butterfly, nobody had ever done that before on Atlantic. Then that includes when the Stones were on Atlantic, includes when the Zeppelin were on Atlantic. Wow. And so we charted new territory, and we were kind of, whoa, you know, what the hell's going on here? Oh, uh, yeah. It, uh, and my, my hopes were that we would just establish a, a foothold, you know, like... Perhaps have a, an album that got into the mid charts or something like that, just to give us a you know a, at least a, a comfortable beginning. Right. And um, and suddenly it was out of our hands. You know, it was uh, even it's experienced as I guess I was at the time. It was still something to uh, you know to really comprehend and uh, figure out okay, what do we do next? Yeah, because <laughs> it's
1: impossible to prepare for that sort of success so quickly yeah, to sell really that is. many records. I mean, that's yeah. got to be, even at that po- Even though at that point for you, you had been in the music industry, you weren't a kid. I mean, when yeah. the first Foreigner record came out, you were probably what, early 30s, late yeah. 20s, something like that. Yeah,
4: late 20s. I think.
1: So you had had a lot of experience from previous bands and stuff, so yeah. you knew how the business worked. But still, that level of success. No,
4: it was uncharted
1: territory. Yeah. I mean, that's like when you hear today about athletes and they're young kids and they come out of college and they get suddenly from no money they sign a contract and have twenty yeah. million dollars and yeah. they go off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go off the rails?
4: uh We had a few celebrations, I have to say <laughs> it was <laughs> because it was you know suddenly you're living the dream, you know yeah, and you can't help but be affected by it um. Handled it pretty well. and The guys handled it pretty well at the end of the day. And, uh, it was just, you know, one of the, it's hard to put into words what it was like. It was, it was, uh, complete joy and craziness and happiness. And, uh, and then, you know, where do we go from here? There was a lot of expectation built up from such a big album. Yeah. How can they follow that? You know? And, uh. We actually were able to follow that and uh, end up fighting uh, head-to-head with the Stones. They had some girls, and we had uh, Double Vision. And uh, uh, the Rolling Stone Records um, executive, uh, what was his name, Um, Earl McGrath, was who was kind of a figure in his own right. He would come down to the studio. We were just finishing off some single mixes and stuff like that, and he came came down to announce what the latest uh, score was between us and the Wow and the Stones. And so we, album we were, two,
1: you're battling the Stones. So yeah. that's sick. It's and crazy. we were
4: head to head, and then around seven million, we uh, you know we edged ahead. So, how
1: did that feel, though, for you as a as a young band, still in the in the history of the band? Here you are, album number two, and and you're trying to follow up this incredibly incredible sort of landmark debut album. I mean, as a writer and stuff, is that a lot of undue pressure on you at that point to figure out, you know, you and Lou and the rest yeah. of the guys? How the hell do we? The expectations are so great from the label, from the media, yeah. from the press, from the fans. How do we do this?
4: Well. Um I didn't let it affect me too much. Uh, I felt that we continued in the same, you know, to to uh, to create a, an identity, you know, and that was, my idea was, but that would take at least three or four albums, I thought, you know, uh, to put us in a position where we, were, we could hold and uh, where we could even go further, you mm. know. So um, I tried not to let that, get to me as far as uh, messing with my head and thinking, oh, I've got to write one of those, I've got to write one of those. Right. You know, record company pressure. But uh, we had a pretty free reign. Um, Atlantic gave us total. Sure, after a record like that, you
1: you had the keys to the kingdom, I would think.
4: (laughs) So in that way, we were very fortunate to have a very supportive uh, label and one of the greatest labels of all time, so.
1: We got right into it immediately as soon as you sat down, because there's so much I want to talk to this man about. We have about another half an hour or so with him. Mick Jones, the Foreigner, is my guest. I want to go to a break right now, but when we come back, I want to pick up on something that you said as soon as you sat down, and something that I could never quite figure out, and maybe you can shed some light on, because you said that for a long time that there was this rumor that Foreigner was this assembled band of some sort put together in a boardroom or something at Atlantic Records. I want, you know, as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of this band, and of course, I I can't go album by album because we don't have the time as much as I'd love to. But I want you to to talk a little bit about where that perception came from and what the truth of how Foreigner came together was. So, uh, but hold that, hold your thought. Sure, that's a tease for the audience. We'll okay. go to break and we'll get your answer when we come back. Superb. All right, Mick Jones is here. The tour we'll talk about as well, 40th anniversary tour, as I mentioned. A great package with uh, my good buddies, Cheap Trick, and also another good friend, Jason Bonham, and the Led Zeppelin Experience, which is a phenomenal show if you've never seen it. I've talked about it and raved about it for so long, and Cheap Trick's still as good as anything with what they do, and of course, the foreigner legacy speaks for itself. So we'll get into all of that much more with Mick Jones right after this. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, when you guys are looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. People configure cars online only to later find out they're not available. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by TrueCar but pricing from an actual dealer and not just any dealer but a TrueCar certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. Next, TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar certified dealer network. And there's over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You will work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact. True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with True Car Certified Dealers. True Car users save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states.
3: Hey, this is Roxy Diaz. And
0: this is Nina Parker. Now,
3: we are two pop culture veterans who love nothing more than talking about the latest trending topics.
0: Now, we're talking about everything. The relationships, music, celebrities. And maybe the banana pics I get in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about everything.
3: All right, now, you get to join us every week on our new podcast, Little Black Dress with Roxy and Nina. Check out new episodes on podcast1.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. Guys, it's the Little Black Dress because every, every woman has one. one
0: this is the Eddie trunk podcast
1: so Mick pick up on what we were talking about going to the break uh, for a second where did that perception about foreigner come from do you think
4: well I think it was uh, a lot of it was the fact that we we emerged in the dawn of punk and uh, the kind of slight decline of disco and <laughs> suddenly you know there's a for all intents and purposes a traditional rock band uh classic rock band of course not then we weren't classic but uh um the style uh i had kind of cut my teeth with a band like spooky tooth you know right. the island records thing we were often used to tour with steve winwood and uh you know, I I knew that more, let's say, more sophisticated side of it, and um, you know, I'd had all the experience that I that uh, I needed from previous years and previous projects and stuff. But um, I think uh, you know, the record company recognised that we were not just a another band. You know, that we had some serious songs, we had some quality, and. Uh, but unfortunately as i said there were three genres there was new wave uh, punk and um disco and obviously all the journalists sort of decided to choose us as a as a whipping uh, post or boy yeah and um you know that kind of uh that made it sort of difficult a little bit to uh to feel that um these critics were were just i i can't i can't the only explanation i have is that they were frustrated that they didn't play a part in our in our beginnings you know you know they didn't that, discover us
1: yeah anymore. and that ties into something which is a huge hot button issue for me and has been for many years and i've talked about it on radio and tv continually and, and a band like Journey fell into this category as well until yeah. just recently. Mm-hmm. And that is that sort of, you know, never the critics, darling, but selling millions of records and the fans loving it. And that is the unbelievably ridiculous snub that I feel the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been to bands like yourself and mm-hmm. Journey. Now, miraculously, Journey is finally going in this year after yeah. being snubbed for so long. I've said for so long that... It's, it's ludicrous that Foreigner has not been considered, even been on the ballot yet at this point. I know for people like me who are Foreigner fans, that bothers them. But for you, as, as one of the architects of this band and it's it's sole original member at this point does that bother you Does the hall is it something you dwell on or and, and I, scratch your head at
4: no i certainly don't dwell on it i mean uh, i was very honored to receive the um songwriters, the songwriters Lou, right? hall of fame yeah. that that felt made me feel, feel really good from that point of sure. view sure um, but considering the work and the number of people we've played to and the popularity of the band and uh the popularity of the albums uh I mean it speaks for itself and uh if they choose to to ignore it I don't know you know we have several petitions by fans yeah gathering all around the world you know right. and um uh it would it would be nice you know it would be nice but I'm not um thinking about it every day or letting it get me down you know it's uh it's a, it's a, it's another uh, throwback to the uh you know, to the late 70s. Yeah, right.
1: The thing that makes me crazy about it, though, is when you see, like, uh, just recently, they finally just this year putting yes in for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And they waited so long that, tragically, Chris Squire is no longer with us. So he will not be there. They, they just put Deep Purple in last year after snubbing yeah. them for 30 years. Of course, John Lord uh, no longer with us. Yeah. So when they, they do this disrespectful stuff. And listen, I'm a voter for the Hall of Fame. So needless to say, I'm pushing from inside as much oh, as I can right. push. But I don't get to pick the bands that they present. Yeah. I can only vote on what they present. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I-, I know it's nothing you can do. It has nothing to do with you from your end of things. And but I just wanted to call that out because I think it's ludicrous that when you look at this band's track record and the enduring history of music you've made, that people still love so much that it hasn't even been in the conversation yet. But yeah. I will keep pushing from my end as best I can.
4: No, I mean I hear from a lot of uh younger bands, you know, that uh um seriously successful bands that um they w- they were weaned on Foreigner. Yeah. And uh they still listen to it constantly to so the early albums yeah. and um you know, so I get satisfaction from that when I feel that we've had some part to play in uh the current scenario. Uh, and um, so I've got plenty of things to, uh, to take my mind off of uh, not being in the hall of fame. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you do.
1: Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about this tour because it's really, I think it's really awesome that for a 40th anniversary tour to celebrate the band's history, that you reached out to past members of the band because there have been a lot of people in foreigner over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, incredible you've done that because I've seen a lot of bands do tours like this and they don't even make those overtures to past members and you're like well it's yeah. kind of like how do you celebrate 40 years without that guy at yeah. least at being asked he right. can decline like what's going on I've talked to Neil Sean about this what's going on with Journey right now he's asked Steve Perry they want Steve Perry to come they've, at least they've made the request whether he follows through yeah. we'll see so you have put this out to Lou Graham and some of the other members to uh, come, come on this tour and I know there was some confusion because yeah. Lou originally said Said, I don't know about this, and now he's since yeah. said yes. So get yeah. us updated on that. Well,
4: there was a little bit of uh, lost in translation happened at the beginning. um It really is just like, uh, for lack of a better word, like an open door thing for the guys this year. We're starting uh, with Dennis Elliot, our drummer, and Rick Wills, a bass player. We're going to do a show uh, where they'll come on and do a couple of songs at least. Uh, and... Um, that's in St. Augustine, by the way, if anybody's interested. And
1: now you're starting the tour in Syracuse, and Lou is from that area Very and still so. lives there. Yeah. So if he's going to show up to anyone, he may, I'm <laughs> assuming in his backyard, right? Yeah,
4: it's a pretty much, uh, yeah.
1: That's not by design. It, it just so happens given. you're starting in Syracuse? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is very funny.
4: Yeah, a nice coincidence.
1: Yeah. So how is he, health-wise and, and vocally, Is he? have you been in touch with him? Is he up for singing some of this stuff now? Yeah,
4: I mean, we saw each other at the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Right. And uh, we performed with each other for the first time in many years. Even though it was acoustic, he really held his own, you know. And uh, I was very proud of his presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we've got so much history between us yeah we wrote a lot of songs together you know there's uh we were never the best of friends let's say but but we we shared a tremendous amount of of uh high points and moments together yeah <clears throat> and um the writing that we did to me was uh very rewarding and uh just um how in a perfect world you know i'd have liked it to, to continue but, um, you know, Lou was uh, interested. Let's say his first priority was his career. Right. And unfortunately, that's when we uh, kind of, things fell apart. Well, you have but a... But there's a great respect for me.
1: For yeah. 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 And, well, and I've said this many times. I mean, the vocals he recorded on those songs and those records are among some of the greatest rock vocals I think ever, yeah. ever committed to song. I mean, to this day, when you hear them, they're still simply stunning and you know you found an amazing guy in uh in kelly hansen who has been able to do such respect to that old stuff and the way he performs and the way he sings it it, i've seen the band many times with him it's it's pretty remarkable i'll do respect to lou but i think he would probably agree himself that at the rate foreigner has worked these days he probably wouldn't be able to at this point and with what he's been through keep up with that level of touring yeah yeah, and you yourself, how are you healthwise? Because you've had your battles as well, and I know you haven't been able to play every foreigner show, and you yeah. know you're not you're not out for all of them, or you're not out for certain stretches. How are mm-hmm. you doing?
4: I'm doing very well. Good. I'm just starting a a get fit regime, and uh, apart from that, really nothing to complain about. And uh, of course, I have to take it easy sometimes, but pretty sure that I'll be doing most of the shows this summer.
1: That's great. I mean, I know people would certainly love to see. It. And I want to talk yeah. to you a little bit more about that and a little bit more about the upcoming tour. I know there's a record coming as well. That's sort of a a, 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 a compilation, but maybe some other new things on there yeah. also. Yeah. So we'll touch on that as well. Uh, again, Mick Jones here with me for a few more minutes from Foreigner. The tour kicks off in... If you're ever going to see Lou Graham, i got to think you're going to see him show up in Syracuse. But It's kind of like luck of the draw, right? If people yeah. come, you don't know what they're going to see or what's going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Uh, but that starts July 11th in Syracuse and runs for, for a, a few months. And go to ForeignerOnline.com for more information and find a date near you. Also, Cheap Trick and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience. So a phenomenal package. One other thing from me, Mick, that I want to ask you about, and I don't really know if you even realize that you've had this impact on the music industry recently. We talked about the fact that you have not been able to, for health reasons or what what have you, been able to play all the shows or certain legs of shows with Foreigner. Which means that, technically speaking, the band, as, as people see it without you, doesn't mm. have any original members in <coughs> Have great members and they sound great but not one original member on the shows you don't do I can't tell you how many bands that I've interviewed over the last 5 to 10 years who have had some sort of uh, disarray or falling outs in their band and have said well look at what Foreigner's doing I'm gonna go do that oh, really? meaning go out with a, a band yeah. that they're going to basically oversee and brand but yeah. not be a part of that right. they own the name and just put out a band doing great reproductions of their music mm-hmm. but whenever that conversation comes up the the band that everyone points to is the band that is pulling it off and flourishing doing it is foreigner mm-hmm. and i mean for you um are you aware of that phenomena have you are you aware that you've created the no. phenomenon? basically not at all, not at all. trust Funny. me when i tell you a lot of bands that are getting up there in years yeah. in their history have looked very closely at what you have done and are looking at it as a blueprint to say hey we're going to be able to do this too and i don't think that they will i I think some can some can't for a variety of reasons Mm -hmm. but but how do you feel about about that and and do you see foreigner going on even if you were to step aside from it full-time
4: i would not full-time um so when you well, say
1: it's done it's done. You yeah. you're not going oh, yeah. to be a guy that's going to be comfortable no, no. sitting at home and just sending a band out
4: there. No, no, no. no you, have a, you have
1: to be you have to be hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that's a that's a thing that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to pull off the move yeah. that,
4: well we, we it was a, it was a new beginning for for me, you know, when I started to reform the band. I had a lot of uh encouragement from uh, funny enough from Jason Bonham, who, who was re- in the band at one point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right at the beginning and um, you know it was put together seriously and uh, it was put together by me principally and uh, so I pride myself on a on a level of a standard of uh, of playing playing not only playing but uh, being personalities on stage I felt that we had not had that for a long time you know the presence On stage and and the excitement, let's say, and um, so what happens is I I do a a lot of the shows, very and most of the uh, big shows, all of the big shows, let's say. Um, People might have to travel a little further to see that, but uh, um, and uh, it 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 was really like a a, a reformation meant to you know respect the past and what we'd achieved and the quality of the band live and 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 recordings you know we made we've made an album mm-hmm. the band is this this version of the band is 12 years old
1: I know I mean I'm good yeah. friends with Pilsen he's been there for yeah. since then pretty much the beginning and yeah. and I th- I think the big thing I think with all respect to all the guys who've been in Foreigner recently I think the big sort of x factor for you was finding kelly hansen because yeah. again we talked before about how unbelievable these vocals are that lou recorded and i mm-hmm. certainly hope i get a chance to see him come out for some songs with you guys mm-hmm. but 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 that's those are big shoes to fill vocally and sure. he's a, and kelly's a great performer as well yeah so so finding that i think uh, i mean you would know better than i would but i think that was the real thing that i think really sold it for people
4: well, that was obviously of major importance to yeah. me. And uh, if, had I not found Kelly, I don't know how much further I was going to be looking because, um, as you say, big shoes to fill, but uh, a lot of responsibility to present the music in its best possible form, augmenting the power that we already had and um, refining it to the final... Um, Lineup, you know, which we have now and has been together, with the exception of our drummer Chris Fraser, it's been together for twelve years. You know, so I feel very comfortable in this setting, and uh, the fans are responding incredibly well to uh, to it. the so.
1: The important takeaway from this for me, though, is the fact that you're saying that when when Mick Jones is done, that's when Foreigner's done. Yeah, yeah. Because there are guys out there that are looking at this, like I said, and they're saying, oh, maybe we can, we're just, you know, like I know yeah. for a fact, Kiss is going to try to put out a version, they've said it, of Kiss with no original guys in it, where Gene and Paul are just going to manage it from the outside and, really. use, and use it as a brand. As a fan, for me, as a, as a dyed-in-the-wool rock fan, I that's a line I can't go yeah, over. Yeah, I can't wait to No, I mean, pick. I can't, because it's like, then what is the difference from that? and, yeah, a, tribute and a tribute band. Or yeah. a cover band. So, so, th- but so, so this is a, an important thing, and I think it's amazing that. Uh, I mean, when you look back at forty years in the the Odyssey of Farner, there's a documentary in there somewhere, isn't there?
4: There is. There'd be a good one, <laughs> I think. I'm actually um, in the midst of uh, writing a book.
1: I was going to ask you: Do you have? A, are you are you going to do one?
4: Yeah, it's this. This one's going to be like a coffee table, sort of presentation with uh, obviously photos and some uh you know the truth about myself and everything that i went through you know on the way to foreigner mm-hmm. and foreigner obviously and uh so i'm I'm right in the middle of it and uh should be sometime before the tour starts so
1: uh some pages in there about producing van halen maybe oh yeah <laughs> i could do a whole show just on that i'm yeah, sure <laughs> yeah,
4: that, but that was a wonderful time at the end of the day you know you look back on it and to me it was a serious uh experience and one of the most um eye-opening experiences that i've had yeah. in music you know yeah. but uh they're all great guys you know there was a lot of other shit going around at the time and uh but um nevertheless you know they're fabulous musicians yeah eddie and uh, his brother
1: yeah we just need to give them a kick in the butt to get out there and do yeah, some stuff I think you so. know they're a little complacent they take too much time between you never know what's going on with those guys they're like <laughs> you know top secret about everything that they do so yeah. it'll be great to see them do some stuff again well again uh just so just to recap uh again and, and mick i know you live here in new york i would be honored one of these days when you have time and you you know you come sit and do the whole two hours let's take calls let's go to yeah. whatever. i'd love to do that i know you're on a schedule here but i'm here almost every day and i would love to have you in just oh, hanging cool. out for the whole show and talk we didn't have time to talk to the audience unfortunately because i know you have to go but yeah. i'd love to do more with you if you have time
4: sure i mean i'm you're welcome i'm uh i'm up for that right. i just live down the road so. well
1: let's let's do the let's do the mick jones two-hour extravaganza sometime in the near future then Well, huge thanks to Mick Jones from Foreigner. I got to tell you, the biggest takeaway from that entire interview, which I was really surprised more people didn't play off of, is the fact that Mick Jones said, as you heard, that he would put Foreigner to rest when he is not involved in it anymore. And that's pretty amazing when you consider so many bands are following the Foreigner model of trying to do shows with no original members, And when you consider that Mick Jones has really played with the band very little over the last five, ten years, and they could pull it off and have been, that at least now Mick Jones is saying, no, when he's done, he's putting the band to rest. Pretty amazing. Don't miss Foreigner on their 40th anniversary tour which is uh, getting ready to kick off soon. And I thank Mick Jones for the time. Earlier, I thank Richie Sambora and Orianti for the time. Thank you guys most of all for listening. Be sure to connect with me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Eddie Trunk. Trunk EddieTrunk.com is the website. Trunk Report is my blog. All of my appearances are on the homepage. Merch available. Signed copies of both of my books. Email me anytime, Eddie at Eddytrunk.com. Katie Arizari is the producer, as usual, of the Eddie Trunk podcast, which is new every Thursday, podcast1.com, and iTunes. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join me on the radio every single day, Monday to Friday, live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, talking rock music with you on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And also on the weekends, you can hear the best. Of, of my volume show from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday, many other broadcasts, the Terrestrial Show, and of course, the Hair Nation Show on Monday nights as well. We are stacked. Lots of great stuff, bringing it to you each and every week. Thank you for your support. It's great to have you guys all tuned in. I'll see you next week for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. <laughs>
0: Professional wrestling superstar, world class idiot, and raconteur extraordinaire. Join me for my new podcast, The Raven Effect. Every Monday here on the Jericho Network on Podcast One, we'll be covering current events and any and all topics that can be properly bantered. Download and listen to the show on Podcast One.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. Quote the Raven, nevermore. When you buy a new house,